correctly with the correct amount. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. radiocom Welcome to Me and Steve Talk RPGs, a podcast where me and my friend Steve try and help you get the most out of your role-playing game experience. Hey folks, what's up? Welcome back to Me and Steve Talk RPGs. I'm Steve. And I'm Steve. Yes. Collectively, we are the Steve. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just one. That's, we bring on guests to be the other Steves at this point. <laughs> you know, we still actually have not had a show with three Steves. I know. We've tried a couple times. Yeah. We just we, haven't we, been successful. The closest we've come is we've had Steve, Steve, and Stevens. And we mm-hmm. didn't realize it at the time. But uh, uh, how you been? Been all right. How you been? Yeah, you know, Con Crud appears to have decided it had enough of me. So That's good. That's yeah. Good. Yeah, that is good. So do we have a podcast for the week we're going to show? Oh, yes. Our D20 Network Spotlight this week is going to go to the OP cast or the op cast or however they decide to say it, which ah. is, uh, well, it's it's all about the Trinity Continuum games from, I guess it's Onyx Path at this point. Aeon, Aberrant, Adventure, and more. I believe Chaz is involved with this. Josh Heath from Werewolf Podcast. And I believe there are some others. Yeah, it's got quite a quite a crew and quite a cast and mm-hmm. quite interesting. I know their last episode, now it has been a little while, but it was an interview with Matthew Dawkins. So, you yeah, know. Yeah, cool stuff. They've cool got stuff. some connections and uh, yeah. So uh, if, if you're interested in those games, make sure you check that out. Throw a link in the show notes to the feed and it's looking like you can find it eh, pretty much everywhere you normally find podcasts. So just go search for that or if you're looking for other stuff, you know, check out the D20 Radio Network. Uh, homepage and the blogs there and all kinds of other cool stuff. Yeah. All kinds of cool stuff over there. Mm-hmm. Yep. So moving into the show proper. <laughs> yes. You Pro- sort of come process. up with our, what was that? Process. Yeah. That thing we're so known for. <laughs> uh, you'd come up sort of with our topic for the week. Why don't you run me down what you were thinking? Well, I, I don't really know what to call this. So I kind of pitched it to you as, for lack of a better thing to call it, unintentional gatekeeping. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that, and, and I think we all, all of us feel this in some form or another. There's those things that you're interested in and you either came to them late or whatever. And so there's the hardcore people and you never really feel like you belong. You know, yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. That was... uh. Well, that was tabletop RPGs for a minute there. <laughs> yeah. But, and, and <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about like how I'm trepidatious about running trepidatious. Uh, if I could talk how I'm trepidatious about running uh vampire or anything in the Onyx path or storytelling stuff. And mm-hmm. yeah, well, I think, and, and I had a conversation with someone this morning a little bit and I think for whatever reason, most of those storyteller story path games have a very intense, passionate following. You know, the people that are into them are really into them. And that's great. And it's a really good thing. You know, and it's for me, it's also, it's, you know, the 
trepidation that I've expressed around, say, the Forgotten Realms. You know, we've talked about it specifically somewhat with, with like, say, Star Wars. But another one for me is, like, Star Trek. I just, for the life of me, have not ever been able to get into Star Trek. Yeah, it's a bit of a curve to get into. And and I can understand why you'd be, like, trepidatious about getting into it, because it does... It does seem like um, really impenetrable, and the fans, like you, were, like we were just talking about, fans of that are very adamant and very excited about Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And I think, and, and it, this is just sort of a kind of an off the top of my head thing, right? I'm not trying to say that any of us are doing anything wrong, because I think even people like you and I, when it comes to just tabletop games in general, right? Uh, we've all had those conversations where we're talking with someone and there's a new gamer at the table and they get that glassy look and we just keep going (laughs) many, many, many times. And man, I don't like, I, I think to call it gatekeeping is probably uh, misusing the term a little bit because I think gatekeeping kind of implies that you're doing it on purpose and sort of maliciously. Right. But, I'm going to say, yeah, I I don't, think, go ahead. I don't think there's anybody doing it. Well, I wouldn't say anybody, but I would say the vast majority of people aren't doing it maliciously or with ill intent in any way. They're just very excited about the thing they have. Right. And it, right. it's, it, you know, we all have been around little kids that are very excited about their toy mm-hmm. and they're trying to tell you all about it all at once. And you're like, all right, that's cool. Hey man, that's <laughs> awesome. I I literally can't take all this information in. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if some of that is like translated through with people in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think it's, and there's like so much to it, right? Because I, I don't want to come off like I'm saying that it's bad for people to be passionate about what they love because let's face it, that's what we do here. But I think it's something you need to be conscious of that, you know, you're having a conversation around these things and there's someone there who is newer or less informed or whatever the case may be in that regard, that you're not leaving them behind or leaving them out of the conversation. And I don't know that there's any sort of method or anything to specifically do that, but I feel like it's something that maybe as a general as a general gaming community, maybe we should be a little more conscious of as general nerd community, even right. Like I'll be completely honest at this point, half the time, you know, movie conversations, stuff like that, just because of the way I've lived my life. There's a lot of movies that I haven't seen. I don't get the time to sit down and watch a lot of movies. I mean, I've seen a number of them, you know, I'm not saying that like I don't ever watch them, but, but I also don't, I don't take the time to watch a lot of movies over and over either. So like you get people quoting movies and, and this and that, and I'm going, okay, yeah, I kind of, I think I remember that scene. You know, it could be something I've seen, but I've only seen it once or twice. And like I said, I, I don't know, I don't even know if this is really a problem to be honest, but I know there's a lot of times where I kind of wonder if I belong in, in conversations in nerddom. And I don't think I'm the only person that ever feels that way. I mean, there's always conversations that, like, I feel go over my head and 
I don't understand. And yeah, I, I feel that I've been there in those nerdy conversations that you just aren't quite. I'm like, I'm not on your level. I don't understand what you're talking about. Yeah. And I, I you know, sometimes some of that we have to just get over. Like, I don't know why that what it is with tabletop RPGs, though, that if I hear somebody talk about Star Trek that's over my head, I don't immediately go, oh, well, that's impenetrable. But there are, I guess there are some things that I do that. I don't know. I, I <laughs> Yeah. And, and like I said, I, I just, you know, I wonder, is it a problem? I mean, you know, the thing with, with the concept behind gatekeeping is, well, you, you don't know enough to do this. And look, I mean, that's, at the end of the day, we, we want to play these games we love, right? Right. So the more people you can get to play them. The better it is. The better it is. If you're trying to tell someone you have to be 10th level to play this game, and I'm just making it up because, you know, like like in a in a MMO raid concept, we need to be this level to do the thing. Well, okay, that's not how tabletop RPGs work, right? And different people play different ways. You know, you and I have, have been through this a bit. You know, where we're, you get someone and they're trying to tell the new person all the best ways to play their character. Yes. And, yes. And here's the thing with that. In in most cases, those people and I look, I've probably done it, you've probably done it at some point or other. We're really just trying to help. But yeah. when you're as immersed in it as we can sometimes get, it can come across as you're telling them they're doing it wrong. Yeah, I agree. I think sometimes people can mis uh well, sometimes it can come across that way. I think sometimes with being super excited, it feels like you're trying to tell somebody how to play their character. And yeah. And, and, and like, I, I, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, it's something you got to be careful of. At least be aware of, at least yeah. be like, oh, I, I do this or this can happen. And so need to be aware of it. Yeah, and and also too, it can be like I I've seen it happen, you know, with with and we'll point at Dungeons and Dragons because it's where I've seen it the most, right? You get someone new, and so you're trying to explain the action economy to them, and so you can do this and this and this. So to do it the best way, you do this, then this, then this. Well, all of that information is correct. To do it the most effective way, you do it in this order. But I'm also reminded of. Alex Thomas you know, from the Untold Stories Project, they had, and he wasn't directly involved with it, but they had a podcast that went for a little while. And I, for the life of me, I can't remember what it was called now, but it was one of the other people from the project. It was their, they were GMing it and it was their like middle school, early teen daughter and several of her friends playing, in this case, Pathfinder, which, you know, I was kind of like, okay, but they, yeah. And I listened to it a little bit, and the one thing that struck me was how differently they played from adults. You know, there was a situation where there was some sort of encounter, and it, there was a swamp involved and something and, and whatever. And I specifically remember the one person saying, oh, I don't want to go over next to them. I'll get my boots dirty. And it just struck me as this beautiful moment of playing this character that they had thought up and thinking that that character was more concerned about staying, you know, clean and neat than doing the effective thing and how little that happens in so many of the games 
that I've sat in. Yeah, that's a really... When that happens, that's a lot of fun. And I guess maybe looking at the games like like someone who's younger would, would look at them is maybe the way to help keep yourself from over-explaining things. I, I'm... I, I don't know. <laughs> well, you've also had more experience, I think, at least recently than I have with new brand new players. Oh, I've had tons of players in and out of game recently. Um, it's funny. We were just, you were just talking about that, that you had heard. We had a younger player join our game and he was like all about making like dinnerware out of wood while the party was getting pummeled by fish. It was hilarious. He was like, no, I wouldn't jump in there and fight that. I would keep carving this bowl. I'm like, all right, sounds good, man. <laughs> Let me know if you want to jump in at any point. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, like, if that's how they're playing their character, then it's not, like, that's the thing, right? It's not wrong. I could get being frustrated, but, like, okay, in the in the Savage World session that I got to play at PGX, my character was a pacifist. Now, pre-gen characters, so I didn't make that, but we had numerous combat, en- or not numerous, we had several combat ca- combat encounters. Now, I actually did not have any spells that dealt any damage whatsoever. I was pretty damn squishy, and I don't know if I actually, I, I think I had a staff. So, I mean, I could whack someone with a stick. But it was kind of fun, and, and I've said before, I have also really enjoyed times where I've had to play as, say, uh, being affected by the charm spell in, in D&D, where, you know, okay, how can I balance these things and still do things that have an effect, you right. know? And to me, that's a fun, fun challenge, for lack of a better way to, you know, is that the same as, no, I'm just going to sit here and cut, whittle this piece of wood? No, but, you know, I... You've seen that trope in how many, you know, like martial arts movies where the master just sits there and watches while everything goes on, goes on, goes on. And then finally, oh, yeah, do this thing. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, like, I don't I don't know what the answer is, but I think, you know, we we do need to pay attention to to be more open to let people play the way they play, play their character, how they see their character. And I think as a GM, maybe that's even a little bit, I don't know about bigger responsibility, but it is something too, where you've got to account for that somehow in what you present your party with, you know, in some ways, I, I think the, the biggest challenge of GMing is having a decent handle on how your party is going to handle a situation and granted you're never going to guess the thing they actually do we've all tried that way too many times right exactly (laughs) you know you 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 make plan a through e and they do plan q (laughs) (laughs) but you know i think it's yeah i i don't know am i making sense here am i just rambling no you're making sense i i i understand what you're trying to say it's it's hard to uh, it's hard to figure out what your players are going to do. It's also hard to as a GM, you want to let them do their thing while you also have an idea of what their character is 
it's it's a it's a very difficult balancing act of recognizing and then you know just carefully acknowledging yeah yeah i think i guess maybe what i'm just trying to say is is don't try not to make people play the way you think they're supposed to play exactly yeah you know let people make their mistakes honestly uh when when critiquing people playing characters unless they reach out and are like uh i'm confused on what i should do with this well then maybe give suggestions but yeah letting people make their mistakes and like yeah it's frustrating when somebody is like this attack and then they take the attack action they get confused by the action economy we've talked about yeah you can be constructive and still get them to where they need to be Mm -hmm. yeah it's I mean, I, I, the other thing is, to a certain point, I think some game systems are just designed in a way that, well, I don't know. System mastery is a real thing, right? How well you know a system can greatly affect what you can get your character to accomplish. And I've seen it happen in, in multiple systems where, as a player the player actually understands how the system works perhaps better than the GM. And so they will put combos together that surprise the GM. And I don't know exactly where I'm going with this, but I think those are, are things to be rewarded, but not necessarily planned for. And also like just because it's creative doesn't mean it's an exploit. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, yeah, just because they thought of something different doesn't mean that they're cheating. Right. Like, I don't remember. Did you play the Shadow of the Beanstalk adventure with Micah? No, or I did not? not. Okay. So we get to the boss fight in that, right? And my character was kind of this parkour martial, martial artist type. And we had these, and this was in Genesis for anyone who's listening and... In, in, um, I know a couple of our listeners were involved. I just don't remember exactly who all was there at this point. We had these things that uh, I believe the, the GM had had kind of created, which were basically like like a like a healing patch or a slap patch, but they were for strain, which is a is a thing in Genesis, right? Well, to to make them not just a you know mana battery in the case of a spellcaster he had put a drawback on them where that if you used one, yes, you healed back however much strain, but then you took the disoriented condition or something. There was, there was a, a fairly significant drawback to it, but it was, it was there to balance its use basically as a healing potion. So I saw this and my brain went to work. I'm like, okay, this is what this is for. How else can I use this thing that I have? (laughs) And and you know me well enough to know I do this with a lot of things. Oh yeah. I go, what else can I do with this? So and I, I had an idea what to do with it, but I was kind of waiting. So we get to the big boss fight at the end. So my opening move, I do a thing, whatever, and I slap one of these th- patches on the boss. He's like, Why I mean, one, they're not down any strain. I said, I know. I want him disoriented for the combat. <laughs> and it, it really did have a, you know, fairly significant effect overall. 
and effectively I used a healing potion as a weapon. Yeah. Why am I say, telling that story? Because to me, it's an example of using an unintended consequence, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think if a player does that in a game I'm running, I think that's cool and creative. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm <laughs> encouraging that. I'm cheering it on the entire time. Yeah, of course. You know, and I think sometimes again, as, as experienced players, maybe we don't look at things the same way a new person would or a new person. And, and yes, I'm not a new person to this, right. But a new person looks at that item and goes, well, it does this thing good and this thing bad. Okay, maybe I'll use it for the bad thing and not the good thing. And I think often as experienced players will go, you know, they'll say, I want to hit him with the, this thing. And we go, oh, you don't, you don't want to do that. Hear him out. You know what I mean? Let right? them do their thing. You know, it's, it's, I mean, to me, gaming is, is having fun together and being creative together and, and telling a fun story, right? It doesn't matter if you do the most effective thing or, or, or what, right? I mean, if someone is, their goal is to be comedy relief and it works with the story that y'all are telling, then laugh at their jokes. I mean, you know, assuming they're being at least moderately funny, right? But Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, like any, uh, Oh, go ahead. Keep, if you got more no, thoughts I, on this, I, keep talking. Cause I'm, I'm out of, I just, I don't know. Like, like I said, I, I, I think it's one of those things where, you know, maybe they're looking at a different aspect of the thing than, than we think of, because we think of it as a, it's a healing potion. Well, it is, but it's got a side effect. And maybe they want to administer the side effect and not the primary effect. Right. You know, or, or whatever. And, and again, that's, that's kind of an example, right? I'm not saying it always has to be that kind of thing, but, you know, maybe they just think that using this spell would create a neat, confusing effect. Mm-hmm. Maybe statistically it doesn't, but if it makes logical sense, then man, reward them for thinking creatively, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, and, and as if you're, if you're just playing at the table when you're not the GM, right. You know, I think too, we need to remember that it's, it's not always about doing the most effective thing. And, and sometimes it's doing the cinematic thing or, or whatever. And don't, don't overcoach, you know, because that's bordering, I think in a way into almost literal gatekeeping, you know, telling them they're not doing it good enough effectively. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. Well, I have ranted. do you want to, yeah, <laughs> I think I'm about out of, uh, I'm about out of ideas on this topic. So okay. I'm suggesting we move into game of the week. Oh, game of the week. Well, I found a cool one, but if you want to okay. go first, I'm good with that. No, why don't you go first? Let's hear about your cool one. Game of the week. Game of the week. All right. Okay. So you know who Nightfall Games is. Yes. Did you know they make a cyberpunk game? No. They do. It is called Corporation. And apparently they are at work on a second edition. So I will shoot you the link here in the green room yep. to the Please quick start for the second Corporation edition. second edition. Now, the quick start is pay what you want. 
It says there's a 40-page introduction to the Cyberpunk RPG Corporation. You know, essential rules, blah, 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 four pre-made characters, etc., and so on. It's called Welcome to Riot in Commissary B, which is the, the name of the adventure scenario. So there isn't a lot about the rules or whatever in the listing. I went back to the first edition page, and you can actually get the first edition core book for 10 bucks. Now, again, doesn't talk about the rules. I don't know, based on when the first edition came out, I'm guessing it's not the S5S system that they call the system that runs Slay Industries and Terminator and so on. But I love their, their blurb. And this is, this is from the first edition, right? It says, there will come a time when the nations of the world will cease to exist. When the anachronisms of state and country are finally crushed by the inexorable, inexorable juggernaut of total corporate dominance, when five monolithic corporations are the new world powers, when the lives of billions are the sole property of the companies that employ them. So this feels like, like they took Cyberpunk 2020 or Cyberpunk Red and just turned it up. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it sounds awesome. Uh, I, you know, I got to get my hands on this. And I got to get my hands on that second edition as soon as possible. Um, it says there will come a time when you will be recruited as an agent, ordered to operate outside any remaining semblance of law and augmented beyond what you once considered human. When you will negotiate, bargain, spy, sabotage, kill, and perhaps die in the service of your corporation. And when you will be well rewarded as long as you survive. The time is now 2500 AD. <laughs> I, like I said, I. I don't recognize the names in this as being kind of like the core people from Nightfall. But, I mean, look, Slay Industries, the world building is just amazing. And it's from the same company, even if it isn't the same people. So, I mean, I look, to me, I got to check this out because Slay Industries is just an incredible bit of world building and will they're not in any way saying this is tied into like the pre world of progress, whatever? It sure looks like, like it is. It, is. <laughs> it sure looks like it is. It sure looks like it's built to be that way. Like if you wanted to run it as a preamble to Slay Industries, you could. Because man, some of those character designs. I mean, like Slay describes itself as splatterpunk, right? But. Like, wow, I, I, like, I just, like, in a sense, it's, it's a little bit backwards of cyberpunk, right? That you, you're playing as the corporate agent, but it just, gosh, I want to see what these people do when they're, when they're billing it like that. I want to see it, <laughs> I guess is the, the simple way to say that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, like I said, it's called Corporation. Uh, and I don't know, the, the quick start has been up, I think, for, let me see, uh, still since the end of May. Um, so I don't know how I, I, I missed this. Yeah, not sure how we missed this in total. So. Well, yeah, and like I, I follow several of the guys from Slay Industries on Facebook and so forth, or not Slay, from Nightfall, you know, like the, the, the core uh, Dave and Jared, but yeah. Okay, they're calling it the brutal engine game system, according to the one, uh, the one review. So that's really awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm very, um, very curious to see what this exactly entails. 
and 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 what it is because I mean even the artwork on the the thing is is pretty cool. Yeah, what's okay. It does say S by best system, which I'll be honest, I just I downloaded the quick start. So the S by best system is is one I'm I'm curious to see in practice. Yeah. I uh, I'm with you there. I think it could be a really good system. I think it could be really fun or it could be really clunky. I've heard both sides of that. Yeah, it might just need a little tweaking, but boy, I'll say this. If the world is as well-developed as like the Slay Industries world is, it'll be worth it for the setting. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, just, yeah. Um, and then, like I said, the, the skill system, the dice system is, is this kind of weird combination of a dice pool and D10 single die system, kind of like the original cyberpunk in a way mixed with a dice pool. And it's, I don't know because it, it sounds interesting. And at the same point without playing it, I can't say if it's clunky, but yeah. I think we need to check out Corporation because the company has put out too much cool stuff for it to be ignored. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, moving into mine, I have one that's really neat, but maybe not quite as exciting as yours. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. I have a game called Luchador Hero. Oh! It's a solo tabletop RPG. Where you okay. put on the mask of a superpowered luchador vigilante. You want the link for that, don't you? Yes, please. Getting there. Yeah. Oh, there we go. All right. Superpowered luchador vigilante. Solving mysteries that no other detective can crack. Fighting criminals, monsters, mutants, evil geniuses to keep your city safe. Uh, they're saying Batman 66, Venture Brothers, Scooby-Doo, Hellboy, all kinds of fun things. This looks great. This, this, this looks I, like a lot of fun. I, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that this is solo. I know, but I think this might be the kick in the butt I need to try a solo RPG. Fair, fair. For $7, it's really not that bad priced, and this could be a really fun first-time solo adventure, because you're not, like, it's not super serious. You can tell it's not super serious. Mm-hmm. So, very, very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, if you get this, or if I get this, I'd be seriously tempted to tear it apart and make it a, a, a group thing. Oh, you could, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure there are other, like, I'm sure there are ways to even just figure out what the tone they're going for and run it in, let's say, Genesis. Genesis or, or maybe even like icons. Yeah, that you might know, work. Like Eminem might work, would probably work really well, but I'm spoiled on Eminem. <laughs> yeah, I am too. <laughs> I feel you there. <laughs> you know, after playing it with Alex, it's like, it's hard How to can play I it. measure up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that was my pick for the week. And oh, with that's... all oh, go ahead. I was say that sounds really cool though. It really does. Yeah, it seems like a lot of fun. It's just like I said, you're sort of really overshadowed. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. 
I'm sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> but uh, with all that being said, links to everything are in the show notes. If you're listening anywhere that uh, you can leave star reviews, whether it be, you know, Spotify or um, Apple podcast, anywhere, feel free to leave us a five star review. If you leave us a one star review, write us an email and tell us why it helps get us out there. Any any ratings at this point would help us get us get promoted to other people interested in the same things you are. Uh, if you are interested in talking to other people interested in the same things you are, we have the disc. It is down in the down in the links below. Um, we also have a Patreon. If you want to come join our Patreon, shout out to the new patrons this month. Uh, you guys keep this show supported. So without you guys, we wouldn't be able to do the fun things we do. I mean, we would still, but you yeah. guys keep us afloat and supported mm -hmm. and go into cons and. Uh, doing the whole, you know, podcast weekly Hosting thing. thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I feel like, uh, I know you probably never listened to much NPR, although you were a radio guy for a little bit. Yeah, sometimes. It depends. NPR always has this, like, once a year, they have, like, the most annoying pledge drive, where they stop all of their <laughs> shows to pledge and beg you for money to keep their show supported. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'd listen to YEP a decent amount. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I understand. We appreciate that you need to keep the lights on. However, <laughs> but yeah. So you guys I also keep us grew supported. Up with, I also grew up with, for the longest time, we only got one channel on our TV, and it was the PBS channel. Aha. <laughs> so I know exactly uh, what you're talking about. Yes. The, the <laughs> PBS channels are the best slash worst. You'd be enjoying a nice cooking show. Cut to, uh, all right, if we could get a couple more calls in. Oh, man, I was enjoying that. Uh, I want but, my souffle back. Yeah. But with all that being said, we want to remind everyone to be kind to one another and get out there and play some RPGs. Yep. Take care, y'all. Intro and outro music by the band 12 Noon. You can email us at meandsteverpg at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at andrpgs. Find us on Facebook at meandsteverpgpodcast. On Discord at meandsteverpgs. And as always, all of these links are in the show notes. Thank you, and be kind to one another. Cigar. Cigar, 20 bucks, dog. You got to go down the street to the store and buy that.